You are Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. In a minute, cuz, we live. I chose to come back to one A-hole today rather than playing 18 holes like I did yesterday. I got to tell you, <laughs> I'm extremely exhausted. It's tough playing 18 holes in a day. On a Monday, really tough job, really tough life that I live playing 18 holes. It really was a long day, though. As much as that is supposed to be met with some sarcasm, it really was a long day. My left side is killing me right now. I am sunburned. It is quite a bit quite a bit exhausting going through all of what happened yesterday but I do appreciate you guys doing the show as well it went well my left side is hurting too that's where I keep all my fresh hot takes that I wasn't able to get off yesterday because I was busy running this show so I'm glad to be back in this seat I'm glad to be back in my seat with my microphone ready to deliver what the people want now, anytime you go golfing, and thank you for the clubs, by the way. Did you tell everybody that you allowed me to use your uh, use your golf clubs? I didn't. You did. You I did. Didn't. I just did right now, and I appreciate it. And every, anytime everything worked well, um, I just wasn't very good. It was my own problem. So a couple things from yesterday. I was awful off the tee. Uh, in fact, I was extremely bad. It was embarrassing. First one. First hole I get up. We play, you know, of course, it's a tournament, so everybody's starting off on different holes. I start off, I think we're on the 12th hole. Get up there, shank it to the right immediately. And it doesn't even go past the red tee. Ooh. I mean, yeah. Oh, a little tough. worm burner? Yeah. Oh, well, <laughs> I got you a worm burning story. So we were about 130 yards out. This is a little bit further into the contest. And I actually came up big on a couple of putts. You know, no like 10 footers or anything, but, you know, about eight. Maybe about 10 feet, nothing crazy, but a couple of good putts to score for our team. It's captain's choice, so I was able to help out. My goal was to get at least one of my shots used to help the team, and I probably got about eight or so used, probably about seven or eight, and I was pleased with that. And so what happened, what was the most amazing thing that happened yesterday, at least on my end, was we were about 130 yards out. I took the pitching wedge out. Decided okay. to give the old Doug Branson pitching wedge a try. That had been working for me quite a few times. Use your approach wedge yesterday. That was one of my favorite clubs. I took out the pitching wedge from 130. Oh, A wedge. And I topped the hell out of it. It was awful, right? But I, I guess not topped it. It was a worm burner all the way down. And so what happened, we're, we're uphill a little bit. So I hit it, didn't raise off the ground once, right? Burned all of the worms that were there peeking their heads out of the ground. It goes down the hill, so we can't see it. We assume it just dies, but I thought it had enough speed to where I would possibly be able to see it again once it got further out. We do, and it's headed right for the cup. And so we have a group that's already down at the green. We're playing with a different group. And there's a group already down at the green, and oh you start boy. to get the oh, oh, oh. You start to get those reactions that you get right before the cup, right before the ball is getting to the green, and it ricochets off of the flagstick, 130 yards out, on the ground, zero air whatsoever, goes all the way to the hole, bounces, lips out off the flagstick, and goes about I don't know four or five feet away from it. Everybody was losing their mind. Gotta hate that. Just short. It, it, it was an awful shot. Right. 
and it almost went in. See, if I were golfing with you, I would not have been excited for you. I would have been enraged if that had gone in. Why would you have been enraged? If, if even if you were, well, it would have been captain's choice if you would have been on my team. I think you would have supported it. Correct? Not even then. I think the honorable thing. Do you to do just is, not enjoy amazing things? You got to get the ball up in the air, buddy. I, of course I do. I'm acknowledging it was an awful shot. I think we can. I mean, that was insane. I got picked up by our celeb, by the way. Who was your celeb? It was Hutch Eckerson, who, yes, I understand, not exactly the biggest celeb in the world. Really fun guy to play golf with, though. Not very good, like myself, but Hutch Eckerson was an offensive lineman for South Carolina offensive tackle in the late 2000s. 2011 was the last time that he played for South Carolina. It was his senior year. So anyways, he was our celeb. Also played alongside Charlotte head coach, Charlotte 49er head coach Will Healy. Amazing at golf. Amazing. Handicap even. Absolutely destroyed the competition. Really good guy, too, but insane. Heels. Can't believe I had a worm burner lip out like that. 130 yards out. It was insane. I hit a couple of nice chip shots, but that was the, that's that's the one that if that would have gone in, that would have absolutely been incredible. Listen, sometimes, you know, sometimes you get a little bad shot. Sometimes it gets a little good roll, gets down a hill, and uh, all of a sudden you got a great putt. My left side is still killing me. It's going to be bad tomorrow. Also, I'm very sunburnt. You know, and it's not it's not awful like it's not the worst in the world it'll, be, it'll turn into a tan but I just feel always really nasty after I get sunburned and it doesn't matter how much I shower you know I, I shower a lot and I feel like <laughs> I smell you shower a lot I do well do I you shower more than average uh I, I I showered when I got home I showered this morning you know I guess that's two times in the last I don't feel I don't like know. that's a lot I feel like that's normal I I guess you shower I, I shower I shower certainly adequately enough. And so I thought I was doing a good job, and yet I feel like anytime I get sunburn, I have this feeling where I feel like I can smell my skin. It's not body odor. It's not body odor. I feel like you can smell something there. I feel like it's a different smell. Is this you mean weird? like did you rub something like an aloe or no some medication? Kind of- I didn't do anything like that. There's no ocean potion. There's nothing on me like that. Is this weird? We're saying this is weird right I now. I feel. I mean, I don't feel like you are supposed to smell yourself, smell burning flesh. I mean, I, mean, I don't think which is that essentially that's, what it is. I don't think that's a thing. I'll look it up, but I don't think that's a thing. I feel. I feel like I'm not making that up. Thank you for you look that up and make sure that I'm not being weird right now. This is Locked On Hornets presented by the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day. Local experts on the number one daily sports podcast network. You can find the show on most social media platforms at Locked on Hornets, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, all that good stuff. Links and handles are all over the show notes, but I'll just tell it for you anyway. You can find myself on Twitter at Walker Mail and Doug on Twitter at Doug Branson LOH. So let's move on to Dwayne Bacon doing plenty of player evals today. Should we take a break or do you want to get to Dwayne Bacon right now? I feel like we should get a little bacon in before we you, go to break. You want to get Dwayne Bacon? Just a little Hornets talk before we go to break. You don't think that was A-block sun fire at all? Oh, man, it was a lot of A-block fire. The, the most fire. The sun. We started talking about the sun. We've got Kimball Walker. We've got Jeremy Lamb to get to. We'll get to a couple of sentences that I have no clue that Doug Branson wrote into our rundown. He often does this. He likes to give me an idea. I have no clue what's coming on the other couple of segments that we're going to do. But I do have Dwayne Bacon. I do have that player evaluation before we head to our next break so Dwayne Bacon let's look at his past his present his future his past goes to Florida State a really a, a highly coveted guy Leonard Hamilton able to get him comes out of Oak Hill has a couple of really good years with the Seminoles but had that first round ability I remember watching him play in the ACC and a lot of people thought that he had that first round ability heading in to Tallahassee and then afterwards just 
fell to the second round somehow. Even though he had the NBA body, I think he had the skill set. Uh, people were a little bit afraid of his shooting, so he falls to the second round. Dwayne Bacon selected 40th overall. He actually was selected by the New Orleans Pelicans, so the Hornets trade Frank Jackson, Duke point guard, that they drafted 31st overall. It was the first pick in the second round. They trade Frank Jackson to the Pelicans in order to get Dwayne Bacon and cash considerations. So, Funny, we get to his rookie season. Dwayne Bacon started his first game as a pro because of the Nick Batum injury, and it looked like he was okay. It actually did some nice things, and Steve Clifford, even though we all know the stories about how Steve Clifford, he wanted Donovan Mitchell over Malik Monk. We all knew that anyway. It did seem like Steve Clifford had more good things to say, genuinely felt better about their second-round pick in Dwayne Bacon than he did in their first-round pick, Malik Monk. Dwayne Bacon's the guy that gets the starting nod, and it feels a little bit more right to have Dwayne Bacon start in Nick Batum's spot more than trying to finagle the lineup enough to get Malik Monk in there. But it was weird to see Steve Clifford kind of shower Dwayne Bacon with more praise and just genuinely talk about him like he was better. And so now you go to his sophomore year in the league. Dwayne Bacon spent the entire season going back and forth from Greensboro and Charlotte. I think you have to give a lot of credit to James Borrego for keeping in touch with a guy like him and Devontae Graham. And then you look at one stretch of basketball. Dwayne Bacon played seven games in a row in November, but that was really the only stretch of basketball that we saw from him until he was thrust into the Young Hornets lineup. That what happened in March, where they went to the Baby Hornets lineup. The Larva lineup, if you will. It's really tiny. So you go them. <laughs> when he played in March... He showed that he not only had that when he played so well in March, right? We got that really good stretch of basketball. It showed that not only could we be excited about Miles Bridges, our first round selection this year, but we also had Dwayne Bacon, a second round pick, a parting gift from Rich Cho, possibly a guy who helped them win legitimate games. And we now have a couple of things that we can look forward to here. At least it looks like in your Miles Bridges selection and Dwayne Bacon. And now we're to the point where he seems to be pretty valuable to us, at least in our outlook for the future. He's one of the players that you can look at and say definitively that he has potential to be a two-way player threat. Like he commits to the defensive end of the floor and he is improving his ability to consistently contribute on the offensive end, both inside and out. And I think he needs to improve his mid-range game. But right now he showed an ability to go left and right and finish at the rim and surprisingly, an uptick in his ability to knock down three-point shots. Very surprisingly. In March, he gets played. 18 games. Started 13 of them. Averaged 11.4 points per game in that stretch. He shot 50% from the field, 40% from three in those 18 games. And he did that, Doug, on three and a half three-point field goals per game. So it's not like the sample size was crazy small and he was just shooting once every contest he actually had three and a half shots go up from distance and he hit 40 percent of them now it doesn't mean that he's going to keep that up you see guy you even see good shooters kind of fluctuate year after year every once in a while but Dwayne Bacon showing you that type of ability at least through those 18 games shot well above 40 percent on the year when he was shooting a little bit less than that in the games that he did get in it just I think it has to give you a little bit more confidence in the type of player that this guy can be. Yeah, especially after traveling back and forth from Greensboro to Charlotte constantly on assignment. He you know, he's been quoted as saying he was, you know, he's waiting his turn, which to me says, look, I know that I can play in this league. I just I also know that I have to wait on my opportunity and when the opportunity arrives, 
take full advantage of it. And I think that's what he did in that final stretch. And he his confidence grew, his opportunities grew, his usage grew. And, and I think ultimately he's one of these players you look at and say, wow, he could be a foundational piece of a starting lineup. Not just depth, a starting lineup type of piece. 16.8% usage percentage this season. That was good for ninth on the team, just ahead of Cody Zeller, just under Devontae Graham when he actually played. He actually did appear in 46 games compared to Dwayne Bacon's 43. You look at Dwayne, man, you're so right about his confidence growing. I've mentioned this a couple of times. Some of the interviews that he did... I don't know why, but I hang on to them so much because he just seemed more confident than a lot of different players that Ashley Shamity would interview at halftime. Even Kimba Walker, who is smarter than a lot of different players on that basketball court in that Charlotte Hornet uniform, but maybe not going to tell us as much, kind of just wants to head to the locker room. It just seemed like Dwayne Bacon wanted to share his knowledge that he gained, and I feel like he gained quite a bit of knowledge. It was always impressive to me. It's the, what do you guys need to do in the second half? Oh, you know, we got to do this and that, which is what the veteran response would be. But Dwayne Bacon was like, no, I'm confidently going to tell you that we need to improve our defense. We need to get out on shooters. It's what they do best, and if we don't do that, we're going to lose this game. We got lost on a couple of different possessions. We need to make sure we find shooters and box them out and yes that is a vague answer but you know what I'm fine with that because it's detailed enough for me and it's confident enough and a player that's only in his second season just getting thrust into the lineup again I loved hearing stuff like that from him big Dwayne Bacon guy (laughs) thanks for joining us here on the Locked On Hornets podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. We'll finally get to that break. Going to try to find some research on whether sunburn smells. Doug's going to try to give us that answer on the other side, so stick around. Fantastic stuff. It's LOH on the Locked On Podcast Network. This is Locked On Hornets. Did we like the Marco Bellinelli experiment here no. in Charlotte? Or are we glad that he's kind of gone? I, I, I'm one of those that's kind of glad he's gone. I, one of the, I, one of the only players that has blocked Locked On Hornets on Twitter. Did he block us? <laughs> yeah. He blocked us. Did we come at him for something? Or? So I may have said, and I didn't at him or anything like that, but I may have said that his defense on LeBron James at one point resembled that of a potted plant. It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. Please listen carefully. Are you in your car a lot, driving to work, driving the kids around if you have a smart device in your car? And more and more of you do now. Tell your smart device to play Locked on Hornets. Don't fumble around with your phone and Bluetooth. Just say play Locked on Hornets and make drive time LOH time. A couple of other things I wanted to get to with Dwayne Bacon. Some other things that he did really well. I feel like not a ton of people talked about. I think we talked about his defense. You just mentioned that he could be a two-way player in this league. Something that the Hornets haven't had a ton of. But also it's a guy that does take care of the basketball and who is pretty aggressive when he does get the basketball in his hands. So for instance, when we see Malik Monk try to drive to the basket, we've noticed and some listeners have very astutely pointed out, Malik Monk is kind of prone to turning the ball over any time that he tries to attack the basket. Dwayne Bacon does so in a way that he doesn't cough up the basketball. And I think there's a couple of plays, one that resonates, where I I tweeted this out. I, I forget what game it was, but you could see the defense kind of close the alley. He doesn't panic. He dribbles it back out. 
Then he waits for them to open up again. Once the defense does, he attacks immediately and is able to finish with contact. And I just think that type of it's not just strength, right? It's not just that the guy is very well physically put together. It's also you can see his mind working in those situations. I just really like what Dwayne Bacon did this season. His doofy turnover percentage, very low. In comparison to Kyle Lowry, it's got to be a lot better than his. Absolutely. Oh, by the way, I have an answer for you on uh, this uh, skin thing. <laughs> Please do, man. So Am I from, being just absolutely insane right now? This is uh, from a random user on Reddit. It says, it is a it is natural bacteria on the skin interacting with long UV exposure. Tanning enthusiasts call it ATO. That doesn't stand for after timeout. That stands for after tan odor. So this is a thing. Apparently. I, I'm not wrong about this. You made me feel like I was wrong and being crazy weird, but I'm glad that this is – I'm not glad that this is a thing. I'm just glad that I'm not making it I'm up. glad I, that you smell? No, I, I do smell. I can't help it. I got sunburnt, man. I hate getting sunburnt because of this. It's not even so much the pain, which the pain is not all that bad right now. It's the thing that I'm telling you guys about where I actually smell and the shower doesn't get it off. And the shower gets the BO off, but not the ATO. I think that's all you're smelling. You're smelling the sweat and the residue from the sweat. That's what you're smelling. What does this sentence on the rundown mean, Doug? I mean, seriously, I've talked to people about this before. You guys know, if you listen to the show, Doug is always talking about being weird. He always brings up something abnormal to the rundown that we try to talk about. And here's the sentence, right? Like, it's the Lockdown Hornets podcast. And so we do a pretty good job of trying to relate everything out there to the Charlotte Hornets in some way. Local angle. The sentence that I'm reading currently, quote, what... The Columbus Blue Jackets have to do with Kimba Walker and the future of the Charlotte Hornets. I looked for this second segment. Seven to nine minutes is what we usually try to do. We're never really great on time. And then I look at a couple of the reads that I have to do. And you look for the content. And it's only one sentence of of content. And I repeat, what the Columbus Blue Jackets have to do with Kimba Walker and the future of the Charlotte Hornets. I have no clue what that means. All right, so here's the thing. I went to Columbus this past weekend, and people in Columbus right now are going crazy for their Blue Jackets, the NHL team. And you're wondering right now, what does this have to do with Kimba Walker and the future of the Charlotte Hornets? Well, I was there visiting a friend of mine, and I said to the friend, you know, that listen, that arena, it has giant pictures of hockey players. Everyone is, ch- I was at a concert, and people were chanting during the concert for the Columbus Blue Jackets, and the Blue Jackets lost that game. And so I asked my friend, I said, what is the deal? I mean, you guys have been just sort of a secret hockey haven all of these years? And he said, no, of course not. They're in the playoffs, they're doing well, and all of a sudden, there are a ton of bandwagon fans. And I said, yes, this is what I've been talking about for years in regards to the Charlotte Hornets, that this has been the plan. Get to the playoffs, and not only get to the playoffs, build a team that could win playoff series, because winning playoff series, that's the only thing that will bring out the bandwagon fans. And listen, the people that listen to this show are hardcore fans, hardcore Hornets fans, probably awesome. season ticket holders. You guys are going to support the Hornets no matter what. Just like we're going to talk about the Charlotte Hornets and Dwayne Bacon uh, no matter what. But the arena is filled 
by the bandwagon fan. The arena is filled by the 40-year-old dad with three kids, got to take the family to do something over the weekend. He's looking around, trying to figure out you know, what could be fun, what's worth spending my money on. And if the Hornets are in the playoffs and competing and winning playoff series and they're on national TV, then that's that's what gets through to the bandwagon fan. So you're saying those type of people aren't tuning in to hear about MKG's improved three-point shooting? No. And so th- when I hear people say, how it's kind of messed up. How will the Charlotte Hornets regain sort of that, that furor uh, uh, that the fans had before they left town? Because they never regained it when the, when the Bobcats came back. They never regained that same excitement around the franchise. How will they do it? And that's the, that's the simple answer. You have to win playoff series because that's how you completely fill the arena night after night and, and have it not be mostly Celtics fans or mostly Lakers fans. And so how does this relate to Kimball Walker? I see this uh, argument that is uh, um, permeating the fan base right now. You have to re-sign Kimball Walker. If you don't re-sign Kimball Walker, what will, what will fans come out and watch? They're not, they're not coming out and watching them now. They will come out and watch a team that is built to win in the playoffs, and that's the only thing that will consistently bring fans back into the arena. Like, there's no hint of ATO? Like, there's nothing at all about it that you can smell right now? It's just me? You're saying it's simply paranoia? I'm saying that you are, you may be having a stroke. Uh, You should probably consult a doctor if you, I don't smell anything, and I I need to go to a doctor, like, right now. And you can ask producer Katie, I have a really good sense of smell, and I have really great eyesight. I'm not physically gifted. I'm not tall. I'm a little pudgy. I've got a dad bod (laughs) syndrome, for sure. Don't have a kid, but I have dad bod. So I'm not physically gifted. My knees are awful. I've dislocated both of them. I really can't play pickup basketball, or at least a, a doctor has advised me not to. Also, I have this weird thing where my pelvis kind of shifts forward. It's hereditary. And, and it really precluded me from playing sports in high school. But I have great eyesight and great <laughs> sense of smell and also pretty good hearing. We talk Steph Curry next. <laughs> this is Locked on Hornets. I'm a fantastic Googler. I'm bad at logging in. If they were to do sort of a scouting report of, of me and my ability to use the Todd, internet. Todd, 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 Todd. Yeah, I, Excellent Googler, not a very good guy that's logging in. Very yeah. good at interrupting the host anytime he's trying to go on a rant. It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. Thanks again for joining us here on the Locked on Hornets podcast, a part of the Locked on Podcast Network. We're coming to you from the Gittimer.com studios in Uptown Charlotte. If you're in sales and need help, Visit Gettemer.com today to learn how they can help you do the one thing you want to do, and that's make more sales. So we'll move on to the third segment. Again, it's just one sentence of comment or content. There is a link, at least included with this one sentence of content, but the sentence is, the one thing people, all caps, aren't talking about <laughs> in regards to Steph Curry's playoff struggles and I do think, well, we'll see. All right. What what what's I, I don't know where this is going. I actually kind of liked where the other segment went. I didn't expect it. I thought it was going to be some weird mock draft thing. I wish I didn't even say that because I have a feeling you're going to pull one up before we end the show today. I'm interested to see where this one's going to go. So the link is from 538. It's just an interesting article. Really has nothing to do with what I'd like to rant on. But it's uh on 538 right now by Jared Dubin. 
the Warriors are leaning into the death lineup and it's not working. And he lays out sort of evidence that it's their own death lineup. Yeah, they've gone to this death lineup against the Rockets. Now uh, they went in Game Four. They went with it for 22 minutes, which is way above average for them. Usually, they just they use it. Uh, a sort of uh, not like a bludgeon, but like a, a just sort of a tactical weapon. But for 22 minutes, and it was minus 11 in that game four matchup, and did not result in a victory. Now two two. What I really want to talk about is Steph Curry. Everyone right now trying to figure out why is Steph Curry off? Uh, he he had 30 points uh, against the Rockets in that game four. But I was about to say he had a pretty good game. Yeah, game but he four. was inefficient from three. He's not shooting like we've all come to expect the the greatest shooter of all time, Steph Curry, to shoot. And of course, game three, he inexplicably missed a dunk. He was missing shots all over the place that were just used to him hitting. And everyone's wondering why. Is it oh, maybe his fingers messed up? It's not it's not his finger, people. It's his eyes. Ho, ho, ho. <laughs> Remember, if, if you've been listening to the show for a long time, I've talked about this already. It's another pat on the back for Doug Branson. Back in April, Steph Curry had, or at least I don't know if, if the procedure was in April, but there were all kinds of articles in early April about Steph Curry getting his vision fixed. And all the headlines everywhere, Washington Post was like, watch out record books. Steph Curry's been shooting with blurry vision, and now all of a sudden, he's got his vision fixed, so that means he's going to be even better. And I said, whoa, 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 wait a minute. Shooters, really professional athletes, but I think shooters too, are creatures of habit. One minor change in the shot mechanics can spell disaster. And, and you're telling me that he has completely changed the way he sees the court, the basket, and that, that will make him better? I said, wait a minute. I think we should not pre, predetermine this. And now look where we are. I feel like he had a good game in game four. This is almost like, like is this a day late in some respects? Is this is this just maybe one day late? Like before, like maybe just well. First of all, game four. He only hit four threes, and he I think it was four of fourteen. So number one, that's inefficient. But how dare you say that this is a day late? (laughs) I was a little busy yesterday. Couldn't get all my takes off. I was a little busy yesterday (laughs) running the show so that you could go out and I thought you could say the take yesterday and shoot worm burners and get cheap, (laughs) you know, get cheap, uh, you know, greens and regulation. Off of some BS shots. I'll take it. No, excuse me. <laughs> but I, it's not a day late. And, and and until Steph Curry returns to form and one team in this NBA playoffs decides they'd like to win a championship, <laughs> then I, I think my take is valid. I think someone needs to go into the locker room and poke Steph Curry in the eye. I will say this real quickly about Golden State before we end today's show. Mercifully. You look at Golden State... <laughs> has <laughs> it been bad has it been a bad been show right. you've been okay with it you're not happy with the show today it's been a worm burner did it hit the flag stick or it, it hit the flag that's what i'm saying this is this this episode has been a cheap shot i will say this about golden state you should have some very real fear about them uh, there are some people that are just going to say this is golden state they're going to be fine but you mentioned the starting lineup and how the death lineup isn't working as well here's the thing about Golden state now the death lineup is all they have anymore look at their bench this is not a team that used to have 
all starters that were really good and had zero depth. Golden State has always had depth. They always could go to Leandro Barbosa to hit the corner three. They could go to David West to help you out, get good minutes in the post, and make smart decisions. They could go to Andre Iguodala because even without Kevin Durant, it was Harrison Barnes hitting those threes anytime that people would kick it out there. And so now you have only people in the bench. Like Steve Kerr is, is scared as hell to play Jordan Bell. They've got Kevon Looney who gets 22 minutes, but Looney? Is that a guy you really want to getting getting 22 minutes for your squad? No, probably not. You know, Sean Livingston is old now. He's not nearly as effective as he used to be when they had that solidified bench. You know, McKinney? I, seriously, I, look at their bench compared to what it's been in the past. It's all the death lineup. And so I understand that you shorten your rotations in the playoffs. A lot of teams do. They rely heavily on the starters. But what happens when your starters play as many games as anybody every single NBA regular season and postseason have a couple of really tough series that they have to get through, like Oklahoma City, Kevin Durant comes back, like against the Houston Rockets. And so when you have all that mileage, including for an older Andre Iguodala, who was not phenomenal this regular season, it's going to wear on you. Not to mention all the chemistry issues. No, Golden State is not even close to the Golden State that they were the past couple of seasons. Horace Grant used to wear goggles. I think that Steph Curry should wear those beer goggles that they give you to sort of, you know, they they scare kids into not driving drunk. By, they put the goggles <laughs> you're on. You're walking off the line. You think you're walking on the entire time. Yeah, exactly. They should buy. And by the way, I just looked this up. These goggles, to get a pair of them, you got to lay down down $149. Those are expensive. That's an expensive lesson oh my God. to what, learn. Is there more is there a more useless way to spend your money? Hey, don't don't teach kids about drunk driving. Well, I think it would be an extremely useful way for Golden State to spend their money because they need to get they need to get Steph Curry shooting the basketball well again and I'm telling you, poke him in the eye. All right, we're coming to you from the Gettimer.com studios in Uptown Charlotte. We appreciate you joining us here on the Locked On Hornets podcast. Again, we're part of the Locked On Podcast Network. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Locked On Hornets. You can subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Overcast, wherever you get your podcasts. Just search Locked On Hornets. We'll try to get a good drive up in the air for you tomorrow. Make the right decision. Blur that vision. <laughs>